0: Today on Hardwired. Only the grace of God can bring about change in our lives. You know folks, there are some needles only God can thread. There are some situations only God can fix. And one of them is a soul that needs to be restored back to Him. Welcome to Hardwired with
1: Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, Or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, It's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and for making us a part of your very busy day. Well, this is the final installment on my brief series that I've called Diamonds of Hope because you know you can live without a lot of things, but you can't live, not really live, without hope. Hope is the oxygen of the soul. And so in today's message, we're gonna talk about how God is a restoring God. You know, the devil says this to us, when we've made a mistake, when we have failed, when we've experienced a real setback in life, he says it's over, you've failed, you messed up, God's done with you, he's finished with you, you might as well just fade into the horizon and go away. But the devil's a liar, every time, because our God is a restoring God. And you know what, if I didn't believe that, I don't think I would ever preach again. But I do believe it, so grab your Bibles and something to write with. I'm so excited to share part two of this hope-filled message, Our God is a Restoring God. Let's go. All right, we're going to begin a brand new series that I'm calling "Diamonds of Hope" for your darkest days.
0: Diamonds of Hope for your darkest days. Going to be ministering on the subject of hope. You know, the Bible says that our God is a God of hope. He's not a God of hopelessness. He's a God of hopefulness. And I got to tell you, I need hope to survive. And I want to read uh, out of Jeremiah chapter 31 and verses 18 through 21. And then let's just talk about the first aspect of hope that we want to deal with, and that is no matter what you're experiencing, where you've been, what has happened to you, what you feel like right now, if you're in your darkest hour, if it looks like there is no hope, our God is a restoring God, and He's a God of hope. So we're going to talk about the God who restores. Jeremiah 31 verse 18 says, "'I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. "'You have chastised me, and I was chastised, "'like an untrained bull. "'Restore me,' Ephraim prays, and I will return. "'For you are the Lord my God. "'Surely after my turning, I repented, "'and after I was instructed, I struck myself on the thigh. "'I was ashamed, yes, even humiliated.' because I bore the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? God asks. For though I spoke against him, I earnestly remember him still." Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, says the Lord. God speaks to them. And I wanna take this text and show you what God's heart towards the backslider, the strayer, the prodigal son, that one who feels like you've made too many mistakes. It's a dark day when you realize that somehow, step by step, inch by inch, incrementally over time, you've gone down that slippery slope of walking away from God and you wake up and you realize, oh no, I've made terrible, terrible mistakes. And I think that when we fail, failure has a way of running a number on you like nothing else can. I can think of many things that take place in a person's life that causes them to stray, to walk away from God. There is a high price for low living every single time. But you know, I also see here in this story, that this is the good news, and this is why I'm sharing on hope. Because even in failure, even in loss, even in pain, and even in multiplied regret, the God of grace, the God of mercy is always stepping into the scene. The Bible says, where sin abounds, there you can find grace much more abounding. I see God's heart in this, that God is a restoring, merciful God. Listen to what he says to Ephraim as they are carried away in chains. I earnestly remember him still, therefore my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, says the Lord. And I want you to know, even if you have failed God, even if you have walked away and maybe you're listening right now by radio, And you're driving in your car, stuck in rush hour traffic, but also stuck within yourself, within consequences for sin. I want you to know that God remembers you still. His heart yearns for you right now. And he wants to have mercy on you. And I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. It reminds me of the story of the prodigal son that we've already mentioned. Listen to what it says. Quote, Jesus is teaching now. He says this, his father saw him from a great ways away and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Do you see with me that the father, rather than being turned away from him, turning his back to him, scowling at him, walking away disapprovingly? No, 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 no. The father's eyes were peeled on the distant horizon, looking far, far away for any sign at all of the return of His Son. And when He saw Him, you know, it just takes one step, just one step, of turning back to God and God sees that one step. That's why there is hope in failure. That's why there is hope in your darkest hour because God is a restoring God. His father saw him from a great ways away, ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. Jesus could not have painted a more compassionate picture. If you're backslidden today, if your walk isn't what it used to be, the heart of God, I want you to know this, The heart of God is to restore you. He earnestly remembers you. His heart yearns for you. Take one step towards him. Just utter one small prayer up towards him, and God will run for you. Now, the backslidden Ephraim does three things in the process of their being restored. And I want to share these three things because I believe people are listening right now, not just here, but by radio, who need to be restored. You need to come back. You need to be brought back to your place with God. You've walked away, but there is hope. No matter what the consequences have been, there is hope. It says, first of all, that Ephraim prayed. Well, I like that. And you know, you say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm not very good at prayer. You know, prayer is just looking up and talking to God like you would talk to somebody here in this place today. Prayer is just like talking to God. You don't have to use of uh, these and thou's and would and should and could's. You don't have to sound holy or look holy. Just tell him what's on your heart. And look what Ephraim prayed. Ephraim said these words to God, Restore me and I will return. Now, I got to tell you, I sense something in Ephraim. Ephraim is realizing that there is hope. Ephraim could have said, There's no hope for me. Look what we've done. We sin so badly that God has had to send us into captivity. There's no future at all for us, but that's not what we see. Something sparked in the heart of Ephraim. It was hope. Hope was ignited in their heart. And they looked up because you couldn't pray this way unless you believed there was hope. And Ephraim prays, restore me and I will return. Ephraim realizes what anybody realizes who's been in a difficult spot. Only the grace of God can bring about change in our lives. You know, folks, there are some needles only God can thread. There are some situations only God can fix. And one of them is a soul that needs to be restored back to him. There you've got to turn yourself over to the divine surgeon whose scalpel is the Holy Spirit, who operates on our soul with the Word of God. And he'll go in and fix what we could never fix. It's like the story of Jake. Jake was struggling through Grand Central Station in New York City with two huge and obviously heavy suitcases when a stranger walked up to him and asked, hey, have you got the time? Jake sighed, put down his suitcases and glanced at his wrists. It's a quarter to six, he said. Hey, that's a pretty fancy watch you've got, exclaimed the stranger. Jake brightened a little. Yeah, it's not bad. Check this out. And he showed the man a time zone display, not just for every time zone in the world, but for the 86 largest cities. Jake hit a few buttons, and from somewhere on the watch, a voice said, in a very Texas accent, the time is 11 till six. (laughs) A few more buttons in the same voice said something in Japanese. Jake continued, I've put in regional accents for every city. The stranger notices that the display is unbelievably high quality, and the voice is astounding. He is struck dumb with admiration, not believing what he's seeing and hearing. Well, that's not all, Jake says. He pushes a few more buttons, and a tiny but very high-resolution map of New York City appears on the display. The flashing dot shows our location by satellite positioning, explains Jake to the stranger. Jake then says, view, recede 10, and the display changes to show eastern New York state. The stranger blurts out, I want to buy this watch. Oh, no, it's not ready for sale yet. I'm still working out the bugs, said Jake, the inventor. But look at this, and he proceeds to demonstrate that the watch is also a very good little FM radio receiver with a digital tuner, a sonar device that can measure distances up to 125 meters, a pager with thermal paper printout, and most impressive of all, the capacity for voice recordings of up to 300 standard size books. Though I only have 32 of my favorites in there so far, says Jake with a twinkle in his eye. I've got to have this watch, said the stranger. No, you don't understand. It's not ready. I'll give you $1,000 for it. No, 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 no. I've already spent more than that on it myself, says Jake. I'll give you $5,000 for it. But it's just not. I'll give you $15,000 for it. And the stranger pulled out his checkbook. Jake stops to think. He's only put about 8500 into materials and development, and with 15000 he can make another one and have it ready for the stores in only six months. The stranger frantically finishes writing the check and waves it in front of him. Here it is, ready to hand to you here and now. $15,000, take it or leave it, Jake. Jake abruptly makes his decision. Okay, he says, okay, okay, and peels off the watch. They make the exchange and the stranger starts happily away across the crowded lobby of Grand Central Station. Hey, wait a minute, cries Jake after the stranger who turns around warily. Jake points to the two huge heavy suitcases he'd been trying to wrestle through the train station and yells, don't forget your batteries. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that exactly the way sin is sometimes?
1: Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program.
0: Ephraim has realized our condition is bleak. We've walked away from God. But I'm believing that God can do what I can't do. God can restore me. He says, if you do what I can't do, bring change to my heart, and I'll do what I can do. I will return. You know, that's a great proposition. And God says that to you and me. Whenever we find ourselves far away from God, God says to us, you do what you can do, and that is you can return, and I'll do what I can do and what only I can do, and I'm going to bring change to your heart. You know, can I just tell you today, there's some things only God can do because you didn't know what you were gonna get into when you began to walk away from God. You thought you were getting something great. It glittered, it glistened, it called to you. It held great promise. But now, just like Eve, now that you've bitten the fruit, you realize that what you thought was something appealing, something worthy of your effort and your attention has turned out to have behind it all kinds of excess baggage. We think we're getting something incredible something like we've never seen before and we find out once we bite the bait that it's got all kinds of excess baggage with it and that's why we've got to look up and say lord restore me i didn't count on this restore me i didn't know that all of these things were going to happen to me for my sin and god says i'll restore you but ephraim not only prays for restoration. But Ephraim is instructed by God to learn from his mistakes. You know, folks, to fail, to walk away from God, to experience some spiritual problems and not learn from them is to repeat them again. This is why God said to them, set up signposts, make landmarks on the way in which you went. Now, what did that mean? What in the world was God telling them to do? A signpost or a landmark was a stone marker set up beside the road. It was put there for memory as a reminder of where they went wrong, the places they went in the wrong direction. That landmark was a reminder. In other words, here's what God was saying. I don't want you to ever forget what you did. Now, I don't want you living there. I don't want you condemning yourself. But I want you to learn from your mistakes. I don't want you to be doomed to repeat them. Learn from your mistakes. What lured you away? What took you down? What made you stumble? Mark the spot so you don't stumble over the same thing again. You don't wanna go around the mountain twice or thrice or four times or five. God was saying literally make a landmark. Now, of course, in our day we can't do that, but I'll tell you what we can do. We can make a landmark in our memory We can look at what we did, look at what lured us away, look at what the situation was, wherein we stumbled, and we can mark it. Say, okay, here's what did it. Here's how it got me. Here's how it pulled me away. Here's how it succeeded against me. This is how I walked away from God. This is the mistake I made in that relationship. Here's how I fell into drugs. Here's how alcohol got a grip on me. Here's how pornography weave its way into my life. Here's the mistakes that I made. And while you don't live in the condemnation, you don't live in whipping yourself and beating yourself, there's a landmark in your mind and you remember it. Was it the pull of other things that replaced God that took you down? Mark it on the highway of your memory. Was it an old habit that rose up and got control that snared you? Set up a signpost of remembrance. Was it falling prey to an offense that you didn't handle well, that you took out of church and back into the world? Mark it on the road as you return to the Lord so that you'll remember it well. You know, somebody described insanity this way. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result hoping that this time it doesn't bring the same consequence. But it always does. God is saying, as you return and restoration is taking place in your life, look at what took you down and learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. And finally, he says to Ephraim, set your heart toward the highway. And I love this one. I love this verse. Because here's what God is saying. Set your heart toward the way that leads to life. Set your heart back to that old road, the road of righteousness, the narrow road, the road you were walking on before somehow, some way you step off of it. Set your heart towards the highway, not any highway, but the highway. Jesus said there's two roads in life. He said there is the broad road that leads to destruction and that most people go down that road. And he said there's the narrow road, the restricted road, the constricted road of obedience and repentance and obeying God, walking with God, and it leads to life. He said, long for it. Desire it. Set your heart on getting everything back that you lost. Get back on that road. If you've been off of it a year, five years, ten years, get back on that road. Set your heart on returning. The prodigal son said these words, I will return to my father. I will return. He had made up his mind. No matter what stood in his way, he was going back. No matter how long it took, he was going back. Even if he had to be as one of the father's hired servants, he was still going back. I will return. And that's what we've got to say because God is a restoring God. And if we're going to experience his restoration, There is this hope, return to the road of righteousness, return to the road of life. Just get back on that road and you'll find yourself experiencing restoration. Jeremiah prophesied and said these words, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. The narrow path that leads to life the good old road, the road that most of the world doesn't prefer, and that's why most of the world is dying. That road where you prayed and delighted in it, that road where you soaked up the Word of God, waking up in the morning, reading it, feeding on it, that road you obeyed the promptings of the Holy Spirit of God, that road. That road where you worshiped in the beauty of holiness, you were there every time the church doors opened and you worshiped with the saints of God. That road, that highway that brought rest to your soul, set your heart towards it, Jeremiah said. You see, Ephraim prayed, restore me. And then God sent his prophet and said, all right, here's how you experience restoration. So there was a hope. This is the diamond of hope for your darkest days that even when you have failed, walked away, gotten off the path, God can restore you. God will restore you. And God says, just return to the road. Return to the road. Go ahead, head for that prayer closet. Shut the door. Turn off the TV. Close the People magazine. Get your Bible out. Take the phone off the hook. Put your cell phone somewhere else and get alone with God. Confess your sin to him. Just say, Lord, I need to come back to you. I used to be red hot for you, and now at best I'm lukewarm, maybe even cold. I've somehow fallen prey to another God, to a habit, to something that has taken me away. And is there any hope? And God says, there is this diamond of hope. For your darkest day, you can be restored because I am a God who restores. The backslider prayed, leaning on God's grace. Learn from his mistakes and set his heart on the path of life, and that brought rest to his soul. Where are you right now as you listen to this? I can tell you, friend, I know exactly what you're experiencing. It's a painful thing to realize you've gotten away from God. It's a painful thing to know that you thought you were so solid, and perhaps the enemy found a chink in the armor, and now you're humbled and you feel ashamed. There is a diamond of hope. There is a diamond of hope. For your dark day, you can be forgiven. No matter how bad it is, how strong or severe the consequences, God can turn it around. You'll see it happening. You get right with Him first. You return. You begin walking the way you know you should. And you'll see that every day, God's mercy just peels back a little bit more of the pain. God's grace takes you one step further down the road of restoration. People's hearts towards you begin to change. What looked impossible becomes possible. God will move heaven and move earth. He'll bring mountains down, valleys up. He'll make a way where there's no way for the person who says, God, forgive me. I want to be restored. Restoration is a diamond of hope shining and glittering in your darkest hour. I'm gonna pray for you, Heavenly Father. I pray for our listeners. I pray for everyone here and for all of our listeners. I pray that you will bless them. I pray particularly, Lord, for those who have gotten away from God, that you will draw them with cords of love. Let them know that there is hope even in failure, hope even in the presence of severe consequences, and they can be restored. Thank you, Lord, for that diamond of hope for our darkest day. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more, and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless, and thanks for listening to Hardwired.